Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Anna. And we're Entrepreneurs. A podcast by two gay idiots navigating, owning, and operating their own businesses in the midst of end stage capitalism. Welcome, welcome. A uh, little bit of a little bit of a uh, insight behind the scenes action here. Um, we're actually recording this episode out of sequence. Um, we because we had technical difficulties. Uh, so yeah, uh, we are. We recorded the bulk of season one uh, before the podcast even went live. So like but May now, and June, twenty twenty one. Now we are in like mid July, and when we were going to up- upload uh, episode five, we realized that a lot of the audio was missing. Ooh, so yeah. And fam, it, it feels like a different world from it does who feel like we a were. World. But it's giving us an opportunity two months ago. to yeah to like take a little bit of a break, a little insight, a little uh, check in. Um, and we realized that, like, just a couple episodes ago, we talked about what our summer predictions were. So why not take this opportunity to reflect on what we were right on and what we what we missed, what we missed the bus on? Yeah, climate change so. predictions mainly. Um, yeah, I don't. I will say you, uh, you were on point with uh, the new variants. Yeah, you you called it. <laughs> yeah. Hello, hello, Miss Delta. Yeah, yeah. You know what though, like. That was already happening, you know, like that was already in progress. That was just like there wasn't that much mystery to that. That was like, that's it. That was it. Uh, when not if that was an easy call. Mm -hmm. That was an easy call. Yeah, I'm not gonna take credit for that one. I just read the room there. Yeah, but um, who knew that the Pacific Northwest would become a literal burning hellscape? Uh huh. Not an actual fire, just so hot that things are spontaneously combusting. Oh no! Like in BC, that that town, it was like consecutively like the hottest day, and then it just it went up. Sweat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. So that and then I was not ready for all of like the European floods. And I saw a video this morning, terrifying video in China of uh, an actual subway flooded like to the waist. They are in well, a subway. Did see, but did you and did you see like what happened in New York City a couple weeks ago? <laughs> the floods got, there. Yeah. The floods there where people were like literally waiting. Like I. Feel, I got so mad the way people were talking about that. Like, there's that video of like the woman wading through the water to like get to her subway, and everyone's like, "What an idiot! Like, what the fuck? Like, you're it's so water so dirty. You're gonna you could get electrocuted. Like, why would someone do that?" And I was like, "Bitch, have you ever had to get to a job? Like, have you ever?" Like, have you ever been, like, so broke or so desperate that you're like, yeah, all right, this is what I got to do? <laughs> or have you ever, like, like, maybe she had kids. Maybe, like, she had to get home and, like, you know, it's just, well, like, so I much. Well, I feel like the global, or not the global, but, like, the national response to New York being New York was very not New York. Because New Yorkers right. would not question that. They would say, no, I'm going to people- mind my business. One of the people I I know who who had the worst take on it lives in New York. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, cool. You're just your privilege is really showing. Yeah. That you I was like, oh, no, you've worked from home for too long. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Because you've lost your sense of urgency. Yeah. It's Uh, like rule number one in New York is just like, keep your head down and don't ask questions. (laughs) I mean, like. 
but like when I lived in Florida, I had a boss who didn't fucking care about weather events. And I, I definitely had to go to work in the middle of tropical storms multiple times. I feel like, I feel like the culture in New Orleans obviously is a lot better about like respecting people's health and safety around like weather events. Um, Although, like, I've still, I've still had some job, shitty retail jobs here where they, like, waited till the last minute to make that call. And, but, oh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, speaking of, New Orleans has already, in July, hit its annual average rainfall. And we have, we are not in full hurricane season yet, folks. Yeah, well, this, um, this town in China, they hit their average yearly rainfall in a day like holy shit yeah so we're we're in it folks um i uh personally kind of feel like maybe it's just the people i surround myself with i don't know um i feel like we're getting access to apocalypse magic (laughs) okay yeah speak more on that so the confines, the, the veil is getting thin, right? Like our structures yeah. of time are kind of disappearing. People aren't caring about their jobs. The job structures are changing. The literal planet, climate, society that we're living in, like we're having to prepare for these different weather events and climate events. So everything like our things that are supposed to be stable are not stable anymore in our our physical is kind of breaking down, which I think is opening this realm to the spiritual and the metaphysical, which I think I notice it. And I, again, I don't know if it's just collectively or the people I'm surrounding myself with, they just seem a lot more in tune. Um, yeah. Enabled. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. The physical is breaking to, down. I mean, yeah. it's getting hard to ignore. It's everywhere. Uh-huh. You know? It's, it's like, there's not a lot of escapism left that, uh, and so, yeah, but, you know. We're very, what, we're, what are yeah. we, we're, we're forced into the moment. <laughs> yeah. I know I've been having more, like, dreams and nightmares, and I don't, I'm not someone who usually remembers their dreams, but, yeah, I thought it was, at first I thought it was just, you know, I was like, oh, nature is healing, my anxiety, my work anxiety dreams are back. <laughs> Um, but woof, yeah. How can we harness apocalypse magic? I, yeah, I think we already are. Uh, cause it's yeah. like the, one of the only things I feel like for me, I feel like I have control over. Um, yeah. it's like, Manifesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And it, it just doesn't seem coincidental that like the physical is l- quite literally breaking down in front of my eyes. And yeah. <laughs> like, but I can read my friend's thoughts. Okay. Take me away from this place, Sky Daddy. <laughs> when are the aliens coming back? Yeah. I want a refund. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not. The, the aliens aren't going to come rescue us. We're going to go the, the way of Atlantis. Yeah. We're going to sink right back into the sea. Yeah. I mean, we can't expect Mark anybody. Canadians. Nobody's going to save us. Uh, yeah. Be your own daddy. No, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, that's the name of one of my candles. Um, yeah, we're going to, like, yeah, we're going to go the way of the Lemurians. And, uh, woof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Ugh. We time for right. tarot? 
Yeah, let's see what the tarot deck has to say. I, yeah, I don't know if y'all are able to tell the vibe difference uh, between the, vibe you know, has the changed, early folks. Yeah, uh, it's or our, when we were when we were in a uh, horny post vaccination uh-huh. early summer. And I was like, woo! late spring. It's we just were, gotten, we were light and frothy. It's we've gotten, seen some shit. Okay, <laughs> it's gotten it's a gotten little dark. aggressive out there. Uh, a little unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. A little unhinged. It has. It feels. It feels really. It feels. The world feels um, harsh. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody's really on edge. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay. So we're gonna pull this. Um, what do, what? So I'm using today an, another a deck switch. This is the Wild Unknown Tarot by Kim Kranz. I'm Kranz. so excited because Kayleen has multiple Wild Unknown tattoos. Yes, I have multiple Wild Unknown tattoos. This is really the deck that I learned on. It wasn't my first deck, but it was the one that I took and was like, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna learn how to read the tarot. I'm gonna stop using this little book to um, interpret everything that comes out. So um, yeah, this is what this is like my my first deck and I first like real professional deck. It's the one I do most of my readings off of. And I'm betting she might be a little sassy because I haven't used her in a while. And this one's got personality. Um, All right. So what are we pulling here for the collective for this is going to be the last week of July? Yeah. Leo season. Leo season. Ah, this might actually be a repeat uh, from uh, last week, actually, because we just released that one. This is the Son of Swords, which is the Knight of Swords, which is exact. I think pretty. I think we pulled that, but in the Delta Unknown last week. So I guess just carry that energy over, friends. That's um, all about just like kind of what we were talking about. Um, sharp pointy direct uh speedy do first ask questions later um there could be consequences but uh the knight of swords doesn't really think about those in the moment um he just acts and reacts um but yeah uh swords are pointy so watch out um what direction they're uh aimed in would it be what I'd have to say? All right. Weird. Repetition. Uh, a, a, a repetition, you know, three months apart. Wow. They know. Transcending time space. There we go. Perhaps it's um, the, the veil is thin. Apocalypse magic. Apocalypse magic. <laughs> I told you she's sassy. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So let's get to it. Set the table. We are serving the main dish. Today, we are talking about monetizing your hobbies. Yeah. All right. So let's kind of get into this. Um, I feel like this is something that uh, people talk a lot about. um, And I feel like there's a lot of, uh, like, opposing opinions on this about... Um, 
whether you know like we're we live in a capitalist society so the i the the pressure to make money off the things that bring you pleasure is great and but there's also people kind of pushing back against that and being like you know not everything you enjoy doing needs to be a source of income so we're going to kind of explore both sides and also talk about how we feel and our experience with monetizing our hobbies um because i think i don't know have we i don't know have we talked about that no we've talked about it but i was like have we really are are the things that we've uh used as income have they ever actually been hobbies to us first Mm, not not really i don't think so I mean, I guess theater, but, like, does that count? I don't – but it's also, like, when you put things into school, you know what I mean? And it's just, like I, – I think what is a hobby is, like, the intention behind it. And I right. think maybe what's changing um, is, like, the youth and, you know, the social media because I – yeah would be hard pressed to find many people who actively post who are like, yeah, I don't want to make money off of this. Well, yeah, it's like, and it's also like someone can post like a cross stitch that they made for themselves on the internet and get, you know, hundreds of comments of being like, I want that. Make that for me. Um, Which, and then it becomes very easy to be like, oh, well, yeah, I could. I could make money. Off, I could make money off of this. It's funny, though, because I was thinking I just read a, a thing about this girl on TikTok who saw a dress online, uh, said that's too expensive um, and made her own. Fine. Um, but then a bunch of people commented and said, I want that. And so she tried to she listed it and then very quickly found out why the dress was so expensive because she had to like give a bunch of people their money back because she had priced the she got so many orders and she had priced the dress so low that she couldn't afford to hire anyone to help her make them and just like couldn't keep up with the demand um and had to give everyone their a bunch of people their money back and it's like yeah okay well this is why this is why some things cost money <laughs> yeah i think especially if it's like handmade yeah. i think if you I think it's really weird to want to buy something from somebody um, that's less than, like, China slave labor. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> like- I think I think, I think think that fast fashion and the rise of fast fashion has really skewed a lot of people's perceptions over the actual value of things. Mm-hmm. And I guess the, not just fashion, but just in general. Yeah, like, well, like, don't understand. for example, I'm – not sure which fashion house this is i want to say it's like some italian fashion house like dior they uh-huh. are honestly probably a lot of like the um high fashion out of like italy and probably france um they get like eight weeks of vacation you know yeah. they get full benefits they do that's only work one of, job that's a lot of businesses in italy mm-hmm. that's pretty standard there yeah um that's like that's just kind of like what's expected is you could be you take like a full month of the year um off and then time whenever it's like very expected Mm -hmm. and yeah Yeah. it's like the garments are like thousands of dollars but the employees 
are getting paid decently, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then even, like, if you get into, like, thrifting and stuff like that, like, I feel like that's one that people turn into a hobby or, like, a hobby turned into, like, a side hustle. Um, Yeah. So, so yeah, I was thinking, like, uh, so, like, I make candles. For a lot of people, that's a hobby, but it has never been a hobby for me. I went straight into – I was like, oh, we can – this is how you make them. This is how we make them. These are the people want them. Great. Like it wasn't like this. I, I never at any point entertained making candles just for fun. Maybe for pleasure. Like it would be nice to like have my own candles and not spend money on them. But like, no, it was always a business venture. Yeah. And I think that's um, like fine. You know, yeah. like I think I, I think my, I'm team. I'm team make money off of your hobby. Um, yeah. Because I think the more streams of income you have are forever. I don't think or, – or um, it's not a bad thing. I think yeah. that giving yourself a shot is a good thing. And I think it's just like reading the room, honestly, and yeah. um, being able to take care of yourself and survive. Um, just as somebody who uh, – doesn't really have a safety net doesn't have like a family that could help with that or like a partner right. that could like help with that um yeah. yeah i don't know like take care of yourself however you need stack that cash however you need to like sure it's not nobody wants to do this but i saw like yeah. a tiktok the other day and it was just like babe you don't want to airbnb and do drop shipping you just want like a more egalitarian society and i was like cool but we don't live in that so like right. until we do yeah i'm not I think gonna be a broke that's kind of, <laughs> i think that's kind of the crux of like our our pod of the podcast itself is like yeah do we personally uh love capitalism no but do we as human beings deserve a fucking bag yes like we deserve to like live well um our communities deserve to live well but we if we refuse to engage the society we live in we're just gonna make space for more straight white men Mm -hmm. to make money Mm -hmm. so why not like take what we can yeah i think it's also kind of like a um you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your community you know what i mean like what you represent and like where you come from and stuff like that like because everybody else is gonna take it you know what i mean these these people that are not gonna that are not gonna throw jobs your way you know what i mean like i don't know i think about like the film community in denver and like I'm not really buddy-buddy with people at all. Mm. And, like, I get thrown more gigs in other states than I do where I live because I'm not homies with these people. And I know that's how that works, but I don't want to be homies with them. So, like, (laughs) it is what it is. But, like, if I think it's kind of like building a community so you can throw people work because that's how it works. And, like, these companies and these corporations have huge budgets that, like – you just need a link to, you know what I mean? Or whatever you're doing. There's there's money out there that people are just literally throwing around. And well, to create a space to hire and employ and work with those people. I don't know. 
And this isn't well, like, like side we were- hustle, but it's like opening that door, right? Right. And it's like, and also it's like you can try something and if it doesn't work out, you can just not not do it anymore you know hopefully don't like scam a bunch of people out of their money like that probably is not great um but if you like if you decide like yeah let's say that you cross stitch and you start selling your cross stitches at a like at a wage that is fair to you and you discover that you do not like pumping out cross stitches all the time you can just stop you can just like close down your orders and stop doing it and fin- and just be like, okay, well, that's fine. Or you could do what I love and you can just uh, sell your patterns. There you go. There you go. From the source. You know? Um, uh, I've also been thinking about the idea of like scams. Right. And I oh, feel yeah. like sometimes it, it falls on things that women do and it yeah. falls on things that are not super popular. Like people say like, like cryptocurrency is like a MLM, you know, it's, it's not an MLM, but like a pyramid scheme or like I've been seeing oh. a lot that people are like business coaches is like a pyramid scheme. But then my friend, my question is, what is not a pyramid scheme? Is the person working at Walmart? Capitalism Capitalism is literally a pyramid. <laughs> like if you look at if you look a CEO on top and workers at the bottom, Middle management in between, that is that is a pyramid. So actually, that's funny because uh, when I was in an MLM, we had a saying, which was, if you treat it like a hobby, it will cost you like a hobby. And if you treat it like a business, it will pay you like a business. Um, so yes, I, yeah, I yes, I think that um, can MLMs be predatory? Yeah, I mean, but so can, so, uh, so is like, literally so is vogue magazine (laughs) like everything that we live in like everything we're exposed to right now is predatory um uh and i think yeah you're right i think that uh it gets a lot of unfair hate because it's something that women that that empowers women um and like gives women income streams Mm mm-hmm yeah, and it's also like I think defining what a scam is. Something can be a scam for somebody and a complete amazing investment for somebody else. I don't think it's right. like a one size fits all. I think college is a right. great example of that. Um, you know, some people Oh yeah. College literally just because of the name of the university that they graduated from are guaranteeing very good interviews. Um but then college for some people, if they, you know, just partied or, for example, for me, I didn't I don't feel like I got that much valid like value from my university experiment experience. Um, and I, I kind of <laughs> literally I feel like that was kind of a scam. So I think it's just like, I don't know. I think it just depends on where you are. And just also that I, this idea of like it might not work for you, but like having this openness and availability to experiment and explore and i think if you're thinking about monetizing a hobby (laughs) maybe come at it in this idea of like light and curiosity and like right is this gonna be fun can like you know what i think is fun making money i've always been that way i've always loved to make money because i just it's just the way i grew up i i started 
paying my way when I was like 14, um, you know, and before that babysitting. But it, it, I, I just was raised like you have to take care of yourself. Nobody's going to very like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I need to decode like- that, but I don't trust anybody. I don't I don't trust these billionaires to pay their taxes. I don't trust the government to subsidize anything. Like I just I know where I live and I need to take care of myself. And I if I need to monetize a hobby, then like at least that's right. available to me and I don't have to like marry into a situation. You know what I mean? Like right. like gay people and women, it's or- these rights are so new to us. You know, like, yeah, or you don't have to, like, sell your soul to a desk job or a corporation so that you can have stability. Like, yeah, if you can if you can pad out your your income with like an extra couple hundred dollars a month, even just from like a side stream. And even if it's not forever, even if it's just for like a few months or a couple years, like that's still valid. Um, I do understand people wanting to, like, protect what brings them pleasure and not put undue pressure on that. Like, I understand people being afraid of ruining their enjoyment of something by making it their income, though. I will say that. Um, And I think that's just kind of a case-by-case basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also understand that. And I have a lot of things that I do for myself. Um, yeah. Gosh, you know what it's I was like going to say? So, you know what I was going to say? What? Like masturbation. But dude, yeah. you could fucking monetize that. <laughs> you could. People do very well. I know you. Wow. Yeah. If you really kind of like go into it and then you're like, what do I do that I couldn't monetize? But then you think of like Twitch and how there's people uh-huh. streaming. Like literally just playing video games and making money as because people are watching them play their video games. Or just like eating food. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah mukbangs. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, I was, think- I was thinking too. It's like, what do I have that's a hobby that I just like? I mean, like, I have, uh, I-, I really love makeup and I have for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to start a YouTube channel, but it just like wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's something that's something that's cost definitely costing me like a hobby mm-hmm. and will probably never pay me. Um, you know what? You've done okay. makeup for people though. Yeah, I'm not a professional makeup artist. Like, I'm not licensed. But, but you have yeah, made like, money on that there, hobby. I have. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I've definitely, people have definitely paid me to do their makeup. Nice. Yeah, fuck. Try. All right, never mind. Never mind. I was thinking about my personal enjoyment of makeup. Is anything um, holy? No, and that's fine. Like, no, that's fine. I don't know. I, I, um, me personally, I don't know if I'm looking for, a purity of a hobby, you know, like, uh, I like to walk and I feel like that is very like, you know, and like swim laps and dance, but like, well, I know. I mean, I'm just like, I've absolutely ruined shit that I've really enjoyed by, by making it work. And that sucks. Like, you know, but do you want to go into that? Um, I could, like, yeah, I, I mean, my, I was a theater professional, like, <laughs> for, I would, I literally, uh, fell in love with theater at the age of eight, like, when I got enrolled in, like, a parks and recreation class by my mom, because she was like, well, she's a ham, like, so let's just put her in a, cl-. like, 
you know, it was like me in the back of all of my little brother's baby videos being like, look at me. Oh, like, my what are God. You, why are you? Why is the camera on this dumb baby? Like, <laughs> I'm here. Look what I can um, do. So I was like, yeah, my mom's like, let's get her an outlet for that. Um, and I fell in love with it. And I like that was just what I wanted to do my whole life. And I went to like a performing arts magnet school for high school and I majored in theater in I got my bachelor's in theater in college and I got an internship at a professional theater right out of college and that launched my career. And then I worked in theater for over a decade and I burnt the fuck out and I don't ever really want to work in professional theater ever again. And that's something that took a long time. It took a long time to turn it from like a love from love to something that like. I like, I don't know if I can, you know, obviously I haven't really had the opportunity in the midst of a pandemic, but I don't, I don't know if I can like sit down and enjoy a piece of theater the way, you know, I don't know if it's something that I could ever truly be immersed in ever again. Wow. I never thought about that for you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm getting, um, my partner and I are getting tickets to see Hades Town when it comes in December. So we'll find out. I guess, I mean, I, I don't want to speak in regrets, but, like, do you wish that you still enjoyed theater? Um, I don't know. Or, like, was it's the career, we, you know? Uh, I, I, there are moments where I get, like, like, when we were, like, talking about In the Heights last, you were talking about it, I've seen it since we talked about it, and, yeah, like, um, I cried at the opening number. Oh, it was just beautiful. Because, like, it was just because it was just like, mm -hmm. like, I, yeah, it was like over, so over the top and like, just, I love, I love the showmanship, but I don't know if like, I think I can find moments that I really love, but I just don't know if I'm ever fully going to be able to like lose myself in a piece of theater. Mm -hmm. um, the way some people are able to, I think I'm just always going to be thinking about what, people don't see mm -hmm. that uh, makes sense all the labor all the labor that goes into it and all and how fucked up the industry is um but i don't know that's that doesn't mean necessarily mean that i regret it i think i think that's just kind of unfortunately um it's like it's like that uh i feel like that meme that went around really like, because there's that saying that like if you find a job you love you'll never work a day in your mm -hmm. life and then uh, people are like if you find a job you love actually like you will you will work all the time have no boundaries like uh you know like it's just you know it's that's that's not true mm -hmm. like work is still work mm -hmm. even if you love it mm -hmm. and hopefully you can find something where you can sustain your love of it and not get bitter and burnt out and have to like break up with it slowly like i did yeah um, i would even caveat and say <laughs> oh this is maybe dark. Yeah. This is maybe dark. All right, go for it. <laughs> this whole episode's dark. Sorry, listeners. No, I'm not sorry. The world's fucking dark. Oh. <laughs> like, all right, baby, we got to get used to it. You know, it's not all love right. and light. Um, That's true. I would say if you do make a career on something you love and you do start to gather momentum, fucking charge up and right. plan for that burnout that like can i do this for 10 years do i want to do this for 10 years charge as much as you can so you can get an exit plan quickly because yeah, your, your creative yeah. years are not that 
I mean, do you want a a fruitful creative career for 30 years? How many examples of that have happened, especially in this like quick uh, consumption of content that we're living in? Like if you can make it happen, if I had been like, you're not doing this for 30 years, you're not a career for 30 years. That if I had been um, paid at, if I had been compensated adequately for my entire career, I might have a different opinion you know mm-hmm. yeah i'm i just think it's really time to like turn this narrative and assert i think it is starting i mean it, it yeah. started that like oh no like you don't get to underpay the arts um yeah. because it's actually no I, I i say that the only caveat to my not working in theater is i will go back to uh the theater that pays me well which there is one there's one theater that i would go back and work for because I feel appreciated and compensated both like by the by the company and by my paycheck. And that's that's pretty much the only thing that'll get me to go back. Yeah, because I think it's also just like yeah, you're going to burn out when it's not when you're not able to build this uh stability cocoon, you know? It's a lot easier to avoid burnout when you are making the kind of money that is is your bottom line and your bottom line quite frankly can be whatever you want it to be <laughs> i think i think you know there are these like market rates but just man these consultants and like even stuff like for example like theater how could you yeah. integrate that in a non-theater you know what i mean i feel like we're like right. in this like fusion sort of mentality where it's just like well i have a podcast (laughs) oh i know right i was just like we're just like we're just like theater no well i think i mean well i i did like my my big career shift has going gone from theater to event planning and i the money's much better and i feel more appreciated like directly like people people see people see and acknowledge how hard you work when you when you coordinate a wedding um and they are grateful uh whereas like that level of performance is expected all the time in professional theater as like and it's hardly ever acknowledged yeah i kind of wonder how and you get paid a lot less <laughs> i kind of wonder how it'll all shake out um yeah. post pandemic honestly because yeah. one thing that i've come to realize <laughs> which is why i'm kind of like pro monetizing your hobbies um how much work do i want to take that i have to show up in person um Oof, yeah that's a whole other that's that co- that costs you in a different way that taxes you in a different way well especially as like you know what we've seen how these past couple years have shaken out and and quite frankly speculatively planning what's it going to look like in the next five to ten is it going to get less chaotic i don't think so (laughs) like yeah um and and there is some like enjoyment but like there was a uh event here in denver that i was working at and they found like a guy who was uh actually it was four people they they found like 16 guns a thousand rounds of bullets like at a hotel and they were like oh it it was going to be like a las vegas mass shooting and then they covered it up like that in the newspaper It, it said that and then it was like fbi says nothing to worry about then it was like places to hike 
in Denver. And then it was just like, this is our, and then the next headline was like, this is our comeback weekend, our economic comeback weekend. And I was just like, they'll kill you. You know what I mean? Like they don't care at all. They'll kill you and they'll cover it up. It's also like uh, the news cycle is being a lot more particular about uh, stories that they're sharing, like these mass climate events you're not even hearing about. Maybe I've been screenshotting stuff in the news because I was like, because this will be gone, you know, with some feel good stuff. And maybe, yeah, again, this is dark, but also I think it's important for me as a business owner and just as a person trying to plan my future to just kind of have this in mind. And I kind of want to touch on like my relationship with news and how like you can read like the doom and gloom and 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 it doesn't need to emotionally affect you if I, it's something to aspire to, right? But right. it's a lot yeah, easier said a, than it, done. In this, doom, in this doom scroll culture. Yeah, but you can just look at something, acknowledge it, and then maybe just try to have that inform your decisions more, um, especially when you're working for yourself um, because it's – you can plan for it. At the end of the day, you can kind of plan for it. Maybe not 100%, but I think between – Looking at the room around you and using your intuition, I think you have an idea of what's going on. Um, use your inner technology to kind of navigate that space. Um, going back to monetizing your hobbies, right? More streams of income is not going to be a bad thing. As um, right. as we're, what are they calling this? The Great Resignation. Yeah, I also think that like if you make things for people that people enjoy you deserve to be compensated because i know some people just have hang-ups about accepting money for things or being like like you know tarot charging for tarot readings is a point of contention for some people but tarot readings take a lot out of me energetically and i would like that to be compensated in some way (laughs) yeah or when like i yeah you know, I mean, people are like, people it's think spiritual. It's very ba- I don't yeah, want to charge like- for it. Let me introduce to you the Christian church, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. They said 10% of your income. Okay. Right. Like, p- people have been charging for spirituality for years. Right. For it's maybe one of the oldest exchanges, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you would get like spiritual healing or physical healing, like witch doctors and shit. Give me a goat. Right. I'll heal you of illness. Give me a goat. Like people have been yeah, and accepting you always, this. But it's also ex- expected that you like, yeah, that you give tribute. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why. It, um, yeah, it needs I, to yeah, be free. I think, I think there's personally, that. not to be vain, but I think my tarot readings provide a lot of value to people. That's not vain. Yeah, that's just. Yeah. Like, that's just how so, it is. Yeah. But some people would think would think it very taboo to accept money for them. And this is where I think it goes and we can go back into like that scam conversation because people, for yeah. example, for tarot, we're like, oh, well, what if it's not right? I don't want to scam somebody. But I, I think if you give a finished product, it is out of your right. hands what value it gives somebody. Oh, yeah. When I'm talking about a scam, I mean, like, taking a bunch of orders, taking people's money, and then never delivering. I think, yeah, I think that might be the only thing is, like, when you, yeah, like, literally take the money and run because that happens. Um, yes. But. And that sucks. Yeah, but also just, like, releasing judgment of, like, oh, this needs to be good. No, it doesn't. You don't yeah. get to decide what's good or bad. If you like yeah. it, cool, but, like, maybe your client won't. Like, um, just 
releasing judgment on that and just be like, no, it just, it doesn't need to be good. It just needs to exist. Right. Anyway. So yeah, that's monetizing your hobbies, folks. Tell us what you think. Do it. Do it now. Yeah. Do you, have you monetized a hobby and enjoyed it or hated it or, or what? What's the craziest hobby you've ever <laughs> seen someone monetize? Let us Tell know. Tell us on Instagram. DM us. Oh, my God. No, put it in the show note comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it in a review. Your piss kink. Whoa. <laughs> That's easy to monetize. I've never done it. Well, I don't have a piss kink. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of websites out there for that. Thank you. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Anyway. So. Is it time? Is we it time? Are, yes. Going into. Okay. Bro book reviews. I read a bro book every week so you don't have to. Bro book review. Bro, bo- bro book review. So I honestly don't remember what book I did on the one that we recorded and I'll look it again. Was it? But- was it rich dad poor dad or was that later i don't know i'll look at it and i'll do it for the other one but because i did read another bro book um all right it's called i will teach you to be rich by ramit sethi and i've seen him he's like on the podcast circuit and like youtube and stuff and he i feel like has a more holistic uh view He's like making lattes, not drinking lattes is not going to make you rich. He's like, what's going to make you rich is making more money and investing that money. So it's like a very simple kind of guide to like negotiating a higher salary setting up. It's like a very like practical book about investment accounts. And I think this came out 10 years ago. And it's funny because he's really loves Wells Fargo and as we've okay. seen these past few years scammers they haven't scammers. been doing well um no listeners Wells Fargo opened a bunch of credit lines for people who did not ask for them without right. them knowing a few years and they ago got fucking sued <laughs> and then they i think a couple weeks ago they shut down any credit line. So if you had a credit line with Wells Fargo, they uh, they shut it down. And this kind of caused people to be like, oh, is the economy taking? Because like the credit's being frozen. I don't know. I don't know about all that. Perhaps, perhaps not. But I think if anything, Wells Fargo is just like covering their tracks because they opened a lot of credit lines that um, belong to nobody. Anywho, outside of his infatuation with Wells Fargo, um, <laughs> I think it's very practical advice. I think it's very digestible. Um, Will I say it's a judgment-free zone? No. I don't think that exists in personal finance. And for me, I don't think that's a very productive stance. Um, I think if you're reading a personal finance book, you kind of want to, you kind of want to get, you know, a little spanking or something like that, you know, a little like, not like bad, bad 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 boy coffee you know but like um you know just like you want want to kick in the pants exactly like uh this is what you would make these are your returns blah 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 so he's very traditional stock market man 
But then, like, even some of this stuff is changing. I heard that, like, the IRS, I need to deep dive more on this. So, listener, if you're interested in it, give it a Google. Um, as a freelancer, I'm sure, or even just even as a normal employed person, like, we're expected to save for retirement with 401ks. But Roth IRAs have been very lucrative and they max at like what $5,500 a year and it's just like you can do all of your investments in that um, and it's like the best way to do that Um, I think they're taking them away or they're talking about taking them away Um, yeah so it's also interesting to see that this book that was written 10 years ago how much the finance world is changing (laughs) Um, and things that are just like super obvious like get a Roth IRA that's how you invest Um, and maybe they'll have normal IRAs but I think the Roth is when you pay for taxes either before or after Um, I don't know they'd probably get rid of the one that is that makes less sense (laughs) Um, but it's weird I think especially now just with like all the economic shifts and the financial shifts um, of like or how to anticipate that, how to go. We have another episode coming up where we'll deep dive more on uh, more of the personal finance <laughs> and investing in a climate crisis. Uh, Cause personally, I just, I'm very curious. Uh, <laughs> Cause I, we have a lot of conflicting information from like the economy world and the ecological planet that is not forming a symbiosis. Um, so I would, would I recommend this one? If you want, um, maybe honestly, you could listen to his podcast or him guest on something and you could get what you needed. I don't know if you necessarily need to read this book. I think a lot of the steps you could YouTube, but that's my take on it. Awesome. Great. Thanks for reading it. Now we don't have to. All right, cool. Well, that was the episode, everybody. Um, The vibes are different. Um, You can please uh, leave us a uh, a review on iTunes, five-star reviews. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. Um, If you would like to throw a little uh, tip in the hat, we have a Ko-Fi now that you can find linked to on our Instagram if you want to buy us a coffee. Um, you can find us on Instagram at entrepreneurs.podcast and at entrepreneurs.com. Um, I am Swamp Witch with four eyes on Instagram, and my candle company is Candles Unincorporated on Instagram. Yeah, you can find me on the internets too at Green Stripe Video. And thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the flip side. Have a gay day. All right. Have a gay day.